Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm DM Neil, aka Jolt Maniac. And I am DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. Yeah! And today we're going to have our second super set episode. Ooh, second set. That's now it's officially a set. Ooh, ooh. you're getting better at these gym memes. Here we are. I can guess. Context clues. Yay! Yeah, uh, so for this episode, we are flashing back to time uh, in an exercise we did all about cryptozoology. For this exercise, we threw up a bunch of like these different, you know, infamous monsters uh, from across the United States, states including, you know, like your old friend Bigfoot uh, or the Jersey Devil and all of the different versions of the Loch Ness Monster that apparently we have in Mm -hmm. the U.S. Yeah, so this time we asked folks to go ahead and stat out these monsters. Uh, So give these legendary beasts uh, some stats to use in your games. Yep, and as always, you can check the show notes to link back to that original exercise, the episode that inspired it, and of course, anything else that we have. But with that, let's head to the exercise already in progress. Cryptozoology proliferation. I don't know. I think I tried to sound smarter than I am, but... uh, (laughs) Impossible. This is kind of an interesting one because it doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with what they talked about in the meat of the episode what it came down to was the guys bringing up a cryptozoology legend in their area about some weird beaked raccoon thing i can't even remember the name of it let's see it's the montauk monster it's like a washed up raccoon but (laughs) so (laughs) what i did is i found a image of the monsters in america and it has 20, 30 plus monsters, the cryptozoology type monsters listed in where they're from in America. So and so just a huge list. Oh, yeah, definitely a big list. A lot of the forum users came out and, and showed up and brought some cool ideas to this one. One such guy was Valash. He is a gold Patreon dragon, so big shout out to him. He chose to type up a stat block for the Mothman. And so he kind of basically talked a little bit about what the Mothman is, that he is this kind of lonely creature that is cursed to bring ill fortune and sorrow wherever it goes. So the way he kind of played this out with the mechanics was that the Mothman has kind of uh, almost like a regional effect, like some of the bigger beasts in 5e have, and that within five miles around where he's at, ill fortune just seems to find people people. So whether that's there's some people crossing a bridge and it collapses, or maybe somebody goes into an older building and it, it collapses on them. Just bad things happen, but it's not so obvious so that, you know, villagers or adventurers can quite easily tell, oh, there must be a Mothman around. It's much more subtle. Um, but one thing it does is it also expands the range of a crit fail or a crit fumble. So Instead of it just being a one, it's the roll of a one or a two. And then also, if you have line of sight or you're within sight of this Mothman, you have disadvantage uh, on all your rolls. So that's kind of terrifying and devastating to think about those things. He's also got, you know, the armor class is 14. He he made a whole stat block. So if this is something you want to add into your campaign, if you need to check, you know, the strength stats, the skills, the senses... 
hop on the forums and see what this guy typed up. It's really a pretty a pretty cool idea that he flashed out for us. Yeah, I really enjoy that it's not you know just pure stat block and how much you can get from the description that he's brought forth. And mm-hmm. I mean, because it'd be a super interesting lead into an adventure. Like all these crazy things are happening, but nobody can even remotely figure out why. Yeah. And he also kind of mentions just from like his own perspective, he's like, it kind of is an interesting scenario to put your players in because like this creature, the way he describes it, like all it really wants is companionship. But one of its features is that it can't communicate in any language with any creature. So like wherever it goes, bad stuff happens. If you're near it and you can see it, like you're doing terrible as well, but it's not evil, you know, per se. It just, it's looking for companionship, but it literally can't ever achieve that. So it kind of leaves your players with the question of, do you kill it? Do you drive it off? Do you try to drive it uh, towards your enemies to make it so that they have bad luck? Kind of how do you handle this kind of monster that doesn't really fit the normal monster role of, oh, look, this is an evil creature that's doing bad. Let's kill it. Yeah. And then I think handling the increased range of critical failure as well as Mm. The implied disadvantage would be a lot of fun to try and keep that from your players, but keep that subtlety to it. I I don't know how, I'm not 100% sure how you would do it, but I think it would be a lot of fun, especially if they can't see the Mothman, but he can see them. So now they have applied disadvantages. Totally. Yeah. Because he could definitely be, you know, in a lot of stories where you have something that wants a friend, but knows that it's bad news. It generally like hangs out in the shadows watching the, the heroes go about their day-to-day lives like yearning for that desire kind of like frankenstein yearning for the desire to be normal but it can't ever achieve that so definitely something to play with some themes you could bring into your game the other one that got quite a bit of work was the one i did which was the jersey devil which is i feel like one of the more popular cryptozoology monsters Mm -hmm. so yeah i kind of gave like almost like a story behind it where there have been a rash of dead livestock in the area and it is assumed that a large animal like a bear or a lion with some sort of affliction is killing them however the kills have been abnormally gruesome and frequent to fit with it only being a deranged animal instead the farmers believe that it is none other than the jersey devil that has been murdering their livestock with reckless abandon and then I gave a little bit of the backstory of behind the actual Jersey Devil. Its lore is that it was the 13th child from a woman and she was uh, having difficulty during labor and shouted, oh, the devil, take this babe. And it did, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. It's described as a bipedal humanoid creature. It has short arms like those of a kangaroo, bat-like wings covered with small feathers or scales, and a head like a horse. Its legs are powerful and its feet are cloven. The creature is most often described between 8 and 10 feet tall. That is scary. Like I said, this is one with a lot more lore behind it, so you can get quite a few images. I found a pretty cool one that I posted there in the forums, but the other thing was I put some of the tactics. So the Jersey Devil enjoys causing fear in its target and often lets its targets catch a glimpse before attacking. It has a piercing howl that will cause fear as well. Nice. I like that. I like the addition of kind of a little a tactics thing so that it helps you as the DM decide how would this uh, character, you know, how would it perform in combat? What would it try to do? Would it try to kind of flank and, and get around behind someone? Uh, definitely something that is, is helpful for me as a DM setting up encounters is to know all right, these kobolds, how are they going to interact? Whether it's one kobold 
he's going to interact with my players differently than if I have five of them. What are their tactics in combat? So I thank you for putting that in there. Hey, no problem. So for the next one, we actually want to somewhat switch gears in that. Okay, gears are switched. I like how that was literal gears, like in some robot, not like a car. (laughs) Awesome. All of the ones that I posted about were in America. So we're going to shift countries and look at Iceland for a little bit. Iceland. If you've never been there, I strongly encourage you to go because it's awesome and it's great fuel if you're running a campaign to kind of flesh out the descriptions of places, really cool things to see, whether it's geysers, volcanoes, glaciers, and also very interesting culture. One aspect of which is really cool sagas and stories. And the characters we're about to talk about are actually, you can find them within some of those stories. Given that it's Christmas time and we wanted to bring something from the cryptozoology and Christmas together, we thought about doing Krampus, but that's that's all the rage these days. And Overdone. Yeah, boring. Over, yes. So instead, we found the Yule Lads and their mother. We'll let Dia Main Price try that. Their mother, who is named Grilla. And the Yule Lads are 13 brothers that are all trolls. Hmm. Nice. That is, that's terrifying. And these guys, they're not your normal trolls. You can tell that instantly when they introduce themselves. Some of their names, such as Spoonlicker or Door Slammer. There's also a, a guy named Meat Hook. So these aren't your standard trolls that you would find in your D&D place or setting. Yeah, and so you can have it be a really intense one shot where your players are having to deal with all of them or even several sessions where they have to deal with the group of them. And these guys, I think, also different from normal trolls who are going to be something your players want to fight or kill. These guys just do menacing little things around the holiday time. So you could have them descend on a town and start doing stuff. So Pot Scraper, he shows up in town. He just starts stealing leftover food from from pots and cookware. Door Slammer, as I mentioned, that's an amazing name. But what he does is he runs around at night and just slams doors, waking people up and spooking them. Um, So these are all kind of like bad children, as it were. It would be an interesting setup because you don't have to have your players murder them all, but instead flip it on them and then they have to capture all of these. But then once they've done so, their giantess mother can step in and maybe they have to actually battle her. And that would be pretty scary because, you know, Wikipedia describes her as a a mythical giantess. She's also known as the Christmas Ogress. So I'm not sure if she's a giant or an ogre. So maybe if you want to make a fun stat block, just take the ogre stat block and the giant stat block and jam them together create a new terrifying creature for your players to have to battle she is in some way kind of similar to the krampus we mentioned earlier one of her activities is running around and scooping up children because they are her favorite snack and her favorite dish is a stew of naughty children so you know you come into town you have your players show up they have to stop and capture these 13 trolls who are causing mayhem but then when you take her children she comes to town and takes yours Rounding out this joyous family dynamic is actually they have a cat that they refer to as the Yule Cat, which is a giant black cat, vicious black cat, of course, who roams the countryside and looks for children that did not receive any new clothes for Christmas and then eats them as well. He doesn't want them to be cold during the winter, so he's like, I'll just 
eat these people and then they don't have to suffer. So, you know, it's not always a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's a good Yule cat. This also says that Grilla has the ability to detect children. So some some players, you know, they take that spell, detect good or evil. She must have the spell detect children, Uh, which that's pretty creepy. I feel like it's come up before, and given how much amazing content that the Dungeon Master's block has produced over the the past year plus, uh, it probably has. But I think it would be an even cooler one-shot if you had your players as children. Oh, that would be... I mean, that's... Wow. What? Who are you? The best idea ever. Watch out. I mean, have the... Yeah, I mean, I think I love that idea. Have them be children. I mean, what what would you do for... stats would you lower their stats you know like obviously a grown man who has a stat strength of 15 like what is what did him as a, as a boy have like a seven you know do you make it a really challenging game like that or do you let them have normalized stats but they have to like go to school <laughs> or their parents get mad at them but at the same time they're trying to get caught up in this adventure it makes me think a little bit of the book ready player one mm, yeah. um, which is like about a ton of kids who are trying to you know fight that evil corporation from finding the secret answers to the adventure so wow i'm gonna have to think about this neil you have you've done something you started something scary <laughs> good it's worked out yeah because sometimes the source books will have how to adjust for age but it's typically usually only adjustments for older age so maybe looking at how to flip those and see if those would work but i think you could do it i think so too i think yeah that would be really interesting especially if you kind of tied in something like this because then the the ogreus is really scary because well like if you had grown up players then it would just be like oh we're just gonna fight you and stop you and then kill you no big deal but if the children kind of live in this place where they know these tales then like when they start you know having like sheep, sheep are being harassed by sheep coat clawed, or like they're finding spoons that are really moist because spoon liquor has been licking them. Like they're going to maybe start being coming afraid because they're like, oh my goodness, the trolls are here. And when they show up, if we don't stop them, you know, the mom's going to show up and that like she eats us. She eats children. That's it's a much more immediate threat to your own not being eaten. Okay, are you with me? So I, I'm I, with did you. Some, I did some quick research. So we get, we have infant, child, youth. In youth, you're going to get your third D6. So if we want to say child, size one category smaller than adult, roll second D6 for ability scores, implying you would only be rolling two D6 for each ability, and wow. reduce age penalty to mental ability scores to minus two. So essentially you'd roll your stats with roughly two D6 per, and then reduce whatever your mental ability scores were by two. That's pretty scary. Do you adjust the modifier scale at all? Or is that just like, that's the way it is, and now you've rolled a five total, and you're the weakest dude ever on pretty the playground? Much. Pretty that's, much. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it would. you definitely have to then tailor the entire one-off or campaign to the fact that those stats are like that. You, I don't think you could do it like a normal campaign because like some of the dcs would not maybe just be oh, so yeah. difficult to achieve yeah you definitely have to keep in mind the dc versus the power level of the kids 
I'm thinking of like running a campaign with this holiday festive theme. Your players are kids. They get taken by this ogre thing. They try to fight it and they all die. And then you hand your players new character sheets and they're the children's like parents. Mm. And they are like searching for their kids who have gone missing. And they end up having to go find this lady's lair and then like deal with mourning for their children who have been eaten. Yes, I think it'd be lots of fun. That went dark really quickly. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie. But yeah, this is cool stuff. And with another amazing superset out of the way, Celeste, if people wanted to get a hold of us and tell us about the amazing cryptozoological monsters that they've interacted with on a firsthand basis... Whoa. Or the ones that they've put <laughs> Wait, in their game. Please games. email yes. us if you've actually met any of these creatures. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, so go ahead. Let us know about your encounters with the cryptozoology kind um, by emailing us at dmnastics at gmail.com or shouting us out on Twitter at dmnastics. And of course, the well, of course, dmnastics is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. And of course, thank you so much to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at bombardedcast.com. But with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. So I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and our Discord and take part in these challenges, exercises, and the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask... Do you even lift? <laughs>